1: Right now that time, 816, you're tuned to WGNS on this Tuesday morning. And this morning we'll be talking about the local court system and one court in particular, the baby safe court, which is fairly new. And I, I guess I should say safe baby court. I had it turned around a little bit, but this all started last year, right in the middle of the pandemic. So what's it like launching a new court system right in the middle of a COVID pandemic?
2: Well, it was a challenge, but when you have wonderful people like we have with us today as our guest then it makes things happen. Of course, Carrie Niederhauser is our court coordinator, and she's with us today, and she's been with us since for the concept of it. And, of course, we had a lot of struggles to go through, but we're, we're up and going, and we're mostly doing by Zoom most of our hearings in that court because they're just mainly reviews. If we need to have a hearing, of course, that needs to be done in person. But uh, we're, we're doing those and, and rocking and rolling it pretty well. I'm pretty happy with our results.
1: And again, with us this morning, Rutherford County Juvenile Court Judge Donna Scott Davenport and then also Safe Baby Court Coordinator Carrie Niederhauser. And I'm going to mess that up a couple of times. (laughs) That's okay. And then also with us, Ashton Montgomery, an attorney for children in the Safe Baby Court. So there is a lot of, uh, I guess, working parts to the Safe Baby Court, aren't there?
3: There are. Um, I have been serving in the Safe Baby Court since its inception, and um, we have a lot going on. We have the needs of parents we have to meet. We have the needs of the court and the needs of the children. So we're weighing a lot of interest, but the main interest is the best interest of the children. And so I am honored to be a part of this program because I believe that it's going
1: to contribute to the well-being of our community. And I know we talked a little bit about the court program last time you were on the air but what exactly is it who is this actually for obviously involves the baby but tell us more about it
4: yes so the families that we serve are diverse Um, we have older parents we have younger parents new parents experienced parents um, of children they have to have a child age zero to three to enter the program But they can have additional children. So we serve the entire family, from the children to the parents to the caregivers of the children. Um, In our cases, the families are – the children are placed with families or relatives that um, are known to them. So they're not in the traditional foster care setting. So we're working with all of those together um, to meet whatever needs that, that, that that whole unit
1: has. So what would place somebody in safe baby court to begin with? I mean, is it from criminal charges? What, what is going on?
4: So there could be a wide array of problems um, that the family is experiencing. Most often it's substance use. Um, so we're seeing a lot of families where babies are born um, with drugs in their system. Um, and DCS has stepped in to maintain that safety of that child. So that's the majority of the situations. Obviously there's some parenting concerns sometimes that we're addressing, counseling, um, mental health problems, domestic violence. Um, there could be a wide array of um, situations that a family has gone through to come to Safe Baby Court.
1: So when a baby is born here in Rutherford County or throughout the state, is there some type of a test of that baby, a drug test that's done right off the bat or is that only in certain cases?
4: I think that um, certain hospitals probably do that, um, you know, across the board, but I think in, in other hospitals, it's um, based on situations, maybe self-report of the mother or behaviors that they have witnessed.
1: And I'm assuming there's a list of questions they're going to ask a, a mother who's about to give birth, such as, you know, when's the last time you drank alcohol? What Have you have used any Drugs that are not prescribed. I mean, are, those are just common things, I guess, right?
4: Yes. I think those are just general medical questions
1: um, that medical professionals ask. So when somebody is entering into this program, what types of things would you ask them right up front?
4: So first of all, we ask them, do they want to participate in the program? Safe Baby Court is 100% voluntary. Um, So I get referrals directly from the Department of Children's Services and I make contact with mom or dad or whomever um, is needing to enter the program and talk to them about the program and ask them if they're willing to participate. If they say yes, then we ask all sorts of questions. We want to know, you know, their childhood, their trauma history, um, their current situation. Where are they living somewhere? Have they been to the doctor lately? Um, you know, not just what did you do wrong? We, we we tend to, you know, stay away from that because we know that families come to us with a whole um, history of experiences that they have that are specific just to them.
1: So. We- You have, I guess, first of all, let's say a mother who is entering into the program. She wants to be a part of it, and she has charges that she's facing for illegal drug use, as an example. You're going to ask her a list of questions, find out first, of course, if she's in it for the long haul and wants to be a part of it. Uh, But then after you get past that, you're asking things about their childhood as well. So why is that?
3: Well, I can speak to that. A lot of times we see the effects of trauma from childhood come out later in life mm-hmm. in ways that affect your parenting, that affect your ability to follow law and, and authority. And so what we're really trying to do is we're trying to get to the root cause of why these parents are struggling um, with addiction, possibly, or with um, poor parenting or neglectful parenting. And so the Safe Baby Court is a program that really allows us to take time, more time with these families to help identify those issues so that we can direct them to the resources that are available to them.
1: So Ashton, you're in the courts and you're representing the actual baby right I mean how how does that work because a baby can't just say you know hey I choose you to represent me you're right and um, it
3: becomes a little bit more difficult because obviously the age zero to three there's not much communication going on there however that's where um, good guardian ad litems is what we're called in the court system um, are investigators and so we do a lot of talking to healthcare providers of the children to the family members Um, if they're in daycare of of any kind we will talk to child care providers so you're doing a um, investigation so to speak to really try and uncover what's in the best interest of the child and there's environmental things that we can look at. There are obviously relationships um, to the children that we look at. So there's a, there's a lot of factors that go into that to determine what's in their best interest.
1: So I guess the mother or the father in the case may have an attorney of their own that represents them. Yes. And the baby, but you're also working with that attorney, I guess, to get to the bottom of it and try to help out.
3: Yes, we do a lot of encouraging in safe baby court. Um, unlike your, ch- your typical adversarial Court programs. This one is one that's a lot of involves a lot of encouraging, and so mom and dad's attorney, if they're both involved, then we do a lot of things like recommending uh, assessments to help identify mental health concerns and addiction concerns, and then we also follow those assessment recommendations, and so that takes a little bit of encouraging because, as we all know, with addiction, a lot of times those are very deep rooted and it takes time. And so thankfully, Safe Baby Court allows that time and process to play out.
1: So when you're talking to that parent, once they enter into this program and they say, you know, I grew up in a household where uh, the father was abusive towards me, it would hit me, it would hit my mom, and so on. What avenue do you take right off the bat when you hear things like that?
4: Well, I think, you know, we talk a lot of in, a, in a team setting. So we have attorneys there, we have providers there, we have parents. Um, of course, I'm there and Department of Children's Services. So we talk about what the family feels like they need so if that's a referral for a mental health assessment or a referral for domestic violence um, classes whatever their specific needs may be we we have the resources in our community to make those referrals Um, it may just be um, you know to learn a new way of parenting Um, so we make a lot of parenting education referrals
1: again judge davenport also with us this morning so what point are you seeing this case is it after you know, the parents talk, and, and they talk about what they're going to do next. I mean, what point are you getting involved with this? After their uh, referral,
2: and Carrie has been able to sit down and talk to them about exactly what the pro- uh, program involves, then uh, we have an initial meeting, and we have to make sure that they qualify for a court-appointed attorney, which most of our participants do. And then uh, I make sure that they understand that it is voluntary, Uh, I I want to applaud all of our attorneys that are helping us through Safe Baby because this is not a short-term court. This is a long-term court. And they're usually told at the beginning, you know, it might be close nine months to a year before everything is really resolved for you to safely have your children. But that's the whole purpose of the court, where if they go into state custody – Let me back up. Rutherford County's court is different than most of the courts, and not every county has a safe baby court throughout the state, is that we, or our cases are only cases that have not gone into state custody. They have been placed with a relative or a friend that's been cleared, and again, as Carrie said, somebody that the child or the children, if there's older children in the home, know. And They, majority of them, they've raised their children. They don't want to raise another set of siblings or a baby. But they need to understand if they're in state custody, the minimum they have to give them for visitation is four hours a month. In Safe Baby Court, if things are safe and our parents are capable and and they're willing, they could see this baby every day. Mom can bond with the baby, and we're talking mainly babies. She can feed because that's where a lot of our childhood trauma comes from is that detachment. And that's what's the beauty of this program. So, a lot, there's a lot more positives than being told it's probably going to be a year before you're going to get custody of your child, possession totally of your child. And our attorneys that work in this program encourage them that that's a better one year than the alternative because the issues are still there. This is a new alternative of being able to be hands-on every day somebody is holding a parent's hand, every day somebody is loving a baby or the other siblings and making sure that they know their mother and their father. More than just four hours a month. So that's what it's unique. So long answer to your uh, answer to your question. But then they sign in that they are. We get them their attorneys. And then we answer questions. And then we start having reviews. And we do those at least every other week uh, to see how they're going. And if there's issues, we can, we can come back. Uh, and do that Wednesday mornings are my administration mornings where I don't have a courtroom because we have three courts going every day, and our part time magistrate works on Wednesdays. And uh, we do that, we've been doing that off site. And now that we've got access to uh, part of our building that used to be something else, we're going to start there uh, tomorrow. Uh, we'll be our first one there because there's Zoom, so we're able to do that. And uh, if they want to come in person, they can but we're usually doing those by Zoom, and it's very informal. We understand relapse, we understand the addiction, and it is, it's, it's a court, as as Miss Montgomery said, one of praise and encouragement, and if they, they stumble, then they stumble, and we have to acknowledge that, but then we're not just gonna toss them away. We're still gonna be there to encourage them, okay. And and the main thing I love about this program is I get to say, what are we not doing for you? What, What did we do to cause you to relapse? What did we do? What did we fail in this program that would have helped you not had this issue? If it's relapse or go out and steal something or whatever the issue. And that's one of the things I love about this program is we take times with our cases and uh, the providers are heard, I mean, and the um, caretakers, they're involved too.
1: So with the Safe Baby Court program, these are people who obviously want that time with their child back. They want their child living with them again. But when we talk about this, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, well, then just the opposite happens for so many other parents, and they're, I don't know, just apathetic to the whole thing of, even being a parent to begin with and they don't want to be a parent for whatever reason and they don't care enough or take the time to even you know see their child
2: and that's part of the loveliness of this program is they've got dcs is one of our team players but they're not the adversarial role that they are if the child had gone into state custody or not in safe baby program because everybody has to realize that the go is always reunification and it's quicker and it's hard for our parents to think one year is quicker than going through the dcs system of removal but it's a lot quicker and safe baby is a lot better for our children our babies as well as our parents
1: so prior to the creation of this court and probably still going on today have you been surprised at how some parents literally just give up their child i had one the other week
2: newborn she walked out of the hospital we haven't seen her since
1: didn't even stay the time in the hospital no
2: and i've had that before so it i mean it it happens it does happen and i and i don't know if it was the need of addiction or if it was it was embarrassment I, we don't know but of course we do know that the baby came in to state custody, has been cared for. And of course we'll still try. DCS is still obligated to try to locate that mother, get her back in and get her active in the in the case.
1: Is it usually drugs that is, you know, making people make this type of decision where they just walk away from their newborn?
4: I mean, I think it can be a combination of things past history. Um, have they experienced the child welfare system before and felt defeated. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a long uphill battle to win your children back once they're into state's custody. So I think substance abuse definitely plays a role in a lot of this um, because the research shows that it, it takes a good two years for your brain to get back to a place before you started using substances. So that's a long time. Um, and making decisions while you're using substances is a little bit different than making decisions when you're not
1: you know it's just hard to imagine a mom just walking out of the hospital you know but this kind of stuff actually happens i mean it really does happen right here in rutherford county so with this program are other counties looking at rutherford county to see how it works and and you know if they want to implement their own
4: So I I believe so. I think that Rutherford County is always um, on the map. Look at Rutherford County, look what we're doing here. Um, And because our court is so different from the other safe baby courts in Tennessee, because ours only takes those non-custodial cases. So it's really a preventative method before they go that next step into foster care so i think we've kind of you know set the bar as hey these are the families that have traditionally been underserved Um, and we really want to highlight that that this is another part of child welfare
1: again we're talking about the safe baby court program here in rutherford county that got started just last summer Uh, and like i said that was in the middle of the pandemic so now that we're slowly coming out of it and i say we're coming out of it but yet cases are going through the roof right now of covid We were coming out of it it seemed like um are are you having more people i guess contact the court to say hey i want to be a part of this you know are they learning about the program or do they learn that the program exists once they have that first charge against them for whatever it may be
4: yeah and and there's not necessarily a specific charge um, like criminal um, charges but people are i've had people walk up to me i was at journey home recently helping a family Um, And I had a a mom walk up and say, hey, I heard you say you're with Safe Baby Court. I really want to get in Safe Baby Court. Um, You know, DCS, you know, has taken my child and placed my child wherever. Um, So I think the word is getting out. Um, We would love to have the word spread even further, especially to our community partners, our faith-based initiatives, the church members. Um, We would love to have people involved with Safe Baby Court. You know, I have lots of goals um, where I want to take Safe Baby Court. Um, So we would love to have the community involved.
1: In the Safe Baby Court program, I know you were talking a little bit about the placement of the child while the mom, while the dad is going through the court process. How do you go about deciding, okay, well, we're going to place this baby with the grandmother, with the mom's mother or the dad's mother. How do you go about deciding where that baby is going to be placed?
4: So by the time we get the referral, um, DCS has already made that placement. So DCS will go out if they um, find a situation where the child's not safe in um, that current home, they talk to mom and dad and say, who does your baby know, who do your children know, who do they have a relationship with that can pass background checks and drug screens and have a safe environment.
1: Is that also an obstacle that the courts have to kind of work with the offender, I guess with? because. You know we were talking about how if they if the, the mom talks about how she was abused and her mom was abused as a child when they were younger but now all of a sudden that baby is placed in that home because that abuser is no longer there is that something to overcome as well I mean because there's so many obstacles it seems like for somebody who has a traumatic past
4: absolutely we have you know that generational trauma that we deal with every day um, not only that but whatever situation has gone on between mom and grandma you know that comes out in our meetings we have some heated meetings sometimes Mm -hmm. um and we recommend you know therapies um whatever you know counseling programs or mentorships whatever we feel like the family could benefit from to try to um, address whatever situation is there, whatever past concerns have been there, and um, build their relationships. We don't want to, you know, mom and grandma not to be involved with one another after the court process. We're trying to build that social support for that mom and that grandmother. So whether that be a family member building those bridges back up that have been previously burned or getting them involved in some sort of community, a church, a, you know, a community group that's out there, a mom's group, you know, we want that for our families.
1: So essentially it can help, you know, three generations of family all because of one participant.
2: Yeah. And Absolutely. that's the beauty of we're beginning to see that. We're beginning to see, and, and not all of our parents are charged with crimes. It, it, they don't all surface from that. But they, they have done something neglectful or abusive to their, ch- to their children. And, but we're seeing that because, well, I didn't know. I didn't realize. Or we've got a lot of mental health because of the trauma they've served surf- they've suffered, each generation. So that's another beautiful thing that we're seeing is that we're seeing uh, generations also bonding, not just a baby and other siblings in the home being safe, but we're seeing them have a new relationship, a new healthy relationship.
1: Have you had someone
2: graduate from the program yet? Yeah, we have, and we're two or three. Three in October. We're hoping we've got three right now scheduled uh, in October to graduate. So
1: yeah, we're very happy about that. So what's the next step after they complete the program? Well,
2: we still keep up with them. I'll let Carrie talk about our post because they, we're just not going to let them go, not at all. And and we tell everybody like with Miss Montgomery, her being a guardian ad litem, she will always be there for them. Twenty something years on the bench, I still have children reach out to me. I represented. 20-something years ago and said, you might not remember me, but you did A, B, C, and D. And you still want to be there for them some way that you can. If you can't do it for them, you can at least guide them. So I'm going to let Carrie speak to our uh, aftercare because it's amazing, too.
4: Well, we don't just hand children back and expect mom and dad to be able to parent these children. They are in the home while they're in safe baby court. So hopefully, you know, we get things going on a good momentum and mom and dad are in a safe place and we can let their children be back in their home while they're still participating in safe baby court so the three graduates that we have coming up in october have their children in their home um one of the families has had the children in the home for 10 10 months, ten months. Oh, oh we have we have one that's been there for a while um so we're working with families while they're actively parenting because it's a big change from let me do all these services and see my kids on whatever days and then having your kids full time so we're working with them in that um and then they the families know my my telephone is always on they can call they can text they can email i follow up with them um, after we've had one graduate um, and she's doing amazingly well um, and I hope to you know continue to follow up with the three that we have coming up in October as well
1: so it's kind of a probation period I guess the, the time after the person graduates from the program for for what a year or two years i know you're saying you keep in touch with them but is there a certain amount of time where you're obligated to keep in touch with them monthly
4: and there's not there's not it's it's really kind of an open door you know depending on each family specific needs so what you know some are happy to be out on their own and, and others you know still want that contact we've had contact for for months and months and months on end so you know just to sever that relationship can be traumatic sometimes for families so You know, I know the two DCS workers that work in Safe Baby Court are amazing as well, and they also answer those phone calls even long after their cases have been closed. And that's another
2: amazing thing about this program. And and DCS was able to give us two,
4: um,
2: and maybe a supervisor or two, that are dedicated to Safe Baby. So it's a different. DCS involvement for our participants. And, and they're just as proud of them, with which they don't see if you've had history with DCS. is You might not see that because they – and the other girls that we have have heavy caseloads, too. But they're able to dedicate more time in, in hand-holding, where the others, uh, you know, their caseloads. Uh, sometimes they're not able to give that individual attention, and they're not mandated to do that in Safe Baby. That's what we do. There's interaction every day with somebody, with our participants.
1: Again, this morning, we're talking about the Safe Baby Court here in Rutherford County. And our guests include Juvenile Court Judge Donna Scott Davenport. And then also with us, Safe Baby Court Coordinator Carrie Niederhauser and also Ashton Montgomery, attorney for children in Safe Baby Court. We're gonna take a quick break, but we will be right back. Time right now, 842.
3: Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. Don't let dangerous pests see your pet as a target. Stop into Animal City and get some flea and tick prevention. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. We have a wide variety of products for small pets and their people and the critters themselves to add to your family. Come see us at Animal City and check out our small animal department. We have lots of small furry critters. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro.
0: Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas' Restaurant. Demas' restaurants are now hiring. We are looking for grill cooks and other kitchen employees with competitive pay and flexible hours. If you're looking for full-time work or part-time work, then Demas' is the place to be. We've been voted a top workplace for five years in a row by the Tennessean. Apply within or online at demasesrestaurants.com. Demas's Family Restaurants on 1115 Northwest Broad Street.
4: You can make a meaningful difference
2: in
3: 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at
2: 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. Hi, this is Becky Bookner, and I'm just so proud to talk about the veterans in our community and what an incredible gift they've given all of us, and that's our freedom and the right to live in this country. And we're so grateful to them for the sacrifices they've made.
0: Honoring and remembering those who served in our military, here is today's Salute to Veterans. Norm Alzeer, he's a World War II vet. In this salute, we talk to a World War II veteran. When you went into the war, at what stage? Was it the beginning, the middle, close to the end? Well, it was close to the beginning, the yeah. December 7th. How many were on your crew? Six gunners and four officers. Did you ever keep count of how many you shot down? Well, yeah, I shot down three. How old were you when you went in? Nineteen. Nineteen years old. And what was your parents' opinion of the? No, the... well, my parents were dead a long time. I was an orphan. Being the young man you were, what kept you going? What was the driving force inside of Norm? I don't know if I could really answer that. You had a job to do, and you had to do it. That's about it, you know. Uh, you just didn't worry about it. You just no, did it. You did it. That's right. And uh, whenever you got back from a mission, you kissed the ground, I'm glad you're alive. Well, Norm, I look back and think, how would your relatives hear from you? They called a V-mail. If you wanted to write a letter home, they called it a V-mail. A V-mail it? instead of an email, huh? Yeah. You wrote your letter, then an officer would take it, and he'd go over it if he thought there was stuff in there that shouldn't be said, he would cut it out. And sometimes your letter would get home and we'd be nothing but holes. This has been A Salute to Veterans
1: on WGNS Radio. Restoration One of Middle Tennessee.
3: A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster
1: strikes. After disaster strikes.
3: Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal
2: quickly.
1: Restoration One, Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system. Reducing microorganisms including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air. 615-930-0088. That's 615-930-0088
0: The Action Line, on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSradio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk.
1: Right now that time, 8.46, you're tuned in to WGNS, and we're talking about Safe Baby Court here in Rutherford County, a program that got started in, you say, June of last year? So June of last year's not been going on real long, but long enough, I guess, to actually have your first participants. And how many people have so far uh, started taking part in baby court?
4: Um, So right now we have, I think, 12 cases, but we have had um, one graduate and we have had several that have gone through safe baby court and maybe exited with a relative. So we don't necessarily consider that a graduation. Um, So, I mean, I want to say somewhere close to between 20 and 25 families.
1: And that is Carrie Niederhauser, the coordinator. So what do you do as coordinator for Safe Baby Court?
4: (laughs) Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my general role is I am a non, um, I'm a neutral party. I I don't take mom's side, dad's side. Um, I'm here to coordinate the whole team together to do what's best for the children. Um, so I support mom and dad and the placement, um, help locate the resources in the community when there are none, or there's a specific need that we have. Um, I meet, um, regularly with community providers, um, to see what's out there. What's, um, who's doing what with families, who, who can benefit our families, what services are out there that, that assist families, um, and support them. Um, so really just pulling it all together, um, all those meetings that we have with the family we meet every single month with families Um, they text and call even more than just you know outside of that meeting Um, so just general support for them um, is what I kinda consider my main role
1: do you sometimes have a mom that's involved in the court program and then maybe a a stepfather because the father's nowhere to be found and if so how does that usually work out with having a, a step parent in the court system
4: absolutely we have lots of step parents um you know we look at them if they're in the home that we're trying to reunify in we look at their needs as well because um, it you know it's kind of useless to just focus on one parent when there's would be two in the home so you know we tell moms and dads all the time that you have a plan dad has a plan um but if you guys choose to be together then you're working that plan together so you can't just work it and dad can't or stepdad can vice versa Um, We have to look at the whole situation for the children.
1: Judge, I I know you talked before about how a lot of times you have a grandparent who's raising this newborn because the parent's nowhere to be found, doesn't want to be apart. Is that something you're still seeing a lot of today? And does that ever come into the baby court?
2: Well, again, they have to qualify to come in and volunteer, again, to come into the safe baby. But outside of safe baby, you know, we're having a lot of parents for different reasons uh, get discouraged or they have a history of being in with the uh, DCS history with involvement, and they, they're bitter toward them, they're bitter toward the court, and they uh, – just throw up their hands a lot of times and just disappear and say i you know I'm not going to or their absence speaks for for their non involvement so we of course we still have those and we proceed with those other families again with permanency because that's what we're dictated by our statute to do is find permanency for our children be it with a relative or a third party uh, foster home so we're still doing that and we we're we had three i just was telling the ladies we had three removals wednesday thursday night and of course we had the holiday uh monday so at 10 o'clock friday morning with my regular docket i was doing three emergency hearings for those removals uh so we and that's about par we do one to three a week probably removals that place children into state custody
1: it's hard to imagine you know one to three removals every week i mean that's that's a lot going on
2: it's a lot and then you have sibling i mean it's usually a sibling group you know it's not maybe just a baby or or, or one and uh it's it's uh a very emotional for for our, our families and our children
1: and then with children having children basically you could have a 30 year old grandmother raising you know her, her granddaughter grandson. we've got
2: some young ones that are young grandparents absolutely if she had a child at 15 and her child had a had a child at 15 and that happens a lot of the time so we do as as carrie said we have them younger and we have a motor raising babies
1: when that kind of thing does happen and that grandmother is 30 and all of a sudden raising their grandchild are you seeing any maturity at that point i mean is there a turning point where they say you know i'm going to change my life you know i can't keep doing this but that's what we're hoping for all of them
2: is that they do that somehow that they see the light and it it as i always say it's not the frick train that's coming after them you know and that they, they have options but they have to participate and the safe baby again as any case that is even in state custody Treatment. If they have an uh, an issue with addiction or mental health, we're going to get those assessments. We're going to try and give them treatment, and a lot of it is is free. Depends on what kind of insurance you may have. Out of Safe baby, safe baby has certain funds that can uh, pay for certain assessments and and get our family into treatment.
1: So one thing that is needed within the Safe Baby Court program, uh, more resources, more local nonprofits getting involved, churches, just more people involved.
3: Absolutely. To just echo what Judge was saying, um, the Safe Baby Court is the encouraging approach to helping these families get what they need so that they can be the parents they need for the children, that the children need. And so we have community meetings, Safe Baby Corps holds those, what, once a month, Carrie? And that's an opportunity to help identify partnerships in the community. And we're looking for faith-based organizations, nonprofits, businesses that serve families or that can provide resources that a family might need who are in safe baby court that might be struggling. You know, a lot of times these families have stressors outside um, of their addiction, things that are leading to their addi- addiction. You know, maybe it's a housing situation or a resource situation. And what we found is that there's usually some community partners out there that can help um, build these families up and offer things in the short term to help them get on their feet and provide some stability for these children. So, anyone that's willing to join one of our community meetings, um, once a month and, or reach out to Carrie. I think that that would be fantastic because the families will certainly benefit from it.
1: Yeah, and this could be even something as simple as giving somebody a a short-term job, I guess.
3: Absolutely, you know, and one of the things I think um, I heard uh, a nonprofit discussing with foster children, and I think this would be great with Safe Baby because we've seen this as well as transportation. You know, you don't think about the stress that transportation puts on your life if, when, until you don't have it. And so, someone had recommended, well, if you own a used car lot, or if you have, or if you work at a car sales business. You know, maybe that's something that you could you could offer if that is um, for the short term, if that's something that's on your heart. And so just being creative and thinking that way to help support these families, because a lot of times it's about the support. And we have found that the families that do the best in this program are the ones who not only have the community support, but their family supporting them to really encourage that long term
1: stability we only have about five minutes left but you were talking about how there's community community meetings every month what is the community meeting for safe baby court and how do you get involved in it
4: so we have a community meeting that right now we're holding on zoom hopefully one day we'll be able to do those in person Um, the third thursday at noon um, i conduct those meetings and we bring in training opportunities we bring in opportunities to talk about what's working what's not working Um, so that's open to anyone. You could be a parent, you could be a professional, you could be a community agency that just wants to get involved, you could be a church that wants to get involved and help families Um, but we welcome everyone to attend those meetings um, and anyone can contact me, and I can send you guys the link for those. But we um, hope to pull together the community to support our families. Um, I've, I've gone to a lot of substance use um, trainings lately, and they always say the opposite of addiction is connection or a relationship. So that's what we're trying to build for these families is that community connection um, outside of the helping professionals, where when when we're not in their lives anymore, they can have someone they can turn to in their times of need
1: so would they just call the juvenile courts to ask you know whatever question they may have or to get involved
4: um they can contact safe baby court directly Um, our information is on google i can share a phone number um
1: yeah what's the phone number if somebody wants to get involved
4: it's 615-913-1930 and that goes directly to me so if anyone's interested they can text they can email they can call whatever they need to do
1: or just Google Rutherford County Absolutely. Safe Baby Court.
3: We are also on Facebook and yes. Instagram, so that's a great way to connect as well if your followers are, or your listeners are online.
1: Again, just Safe Baby Court, type it in. And it's county, Rutherford County. Rutherford yes. county. Okay.
3: Yeah, don't go help another county. No <laughs> Come help us.
1: So as we close this morning, what would you say to, I don't know, a mom out there, a dad who maybe had DCS take their children away for whatever reason, but yet they want to get back in their life and they want the children back in their life Well, what would you say to them well i would
2: say never give up and you have to find it deep in yourself and you all can do that just let us help encourage you to do that because you have it in you you just need again the, the connection with people showing you support is one thing that i would say though with those of parents that are struggling
1: I guess be honest with folks about what's going on in your life, too. That'll probably get you a long way. And
2: I think Safe Baby, we pull more of that out because they trust. The trust level is so great with Safe Baby because it's so transparent. And with the other, they're just scared. They're more scared. But I think we have a transparency in Safe Baby. I wish we could service all of our children through Safe Baby, but that's not where we are right
1: now. And again, you have that first graduation coming up. Is it next month? Our, our, we'll
2: have three. It's our second one. We have three, hopefully, uh, end of October. Okay. We'll let you know so that you can put it out there. And Hopefully, you can join us, too, and, and uh, do maybe a story from there.
1: That'd be great. Sounds good. Again, talking about the Rutherford County Safe Baby Court that started just last year. And uh, we're, we're, I guess, going on our first full year. So pretty exciting, I guess.
4: Absolutely. We're excited to see where we're going to go.
1: Well, again, thank you for joining us this morning, and uh, we'll learn more about it in the near future. Again, this morning, our guest from Safe Baby Court have been Judge Donna Scott Davenport and also Ashton Montgomery, an attorney for the children within the court program, and then also Safe Baby Court coordinator, Carrie Niederhauser. Time right now, 8.59, a check on the weather and the traffic comes your way next.
0: Hey, neighbor, when you talk, others listen. If it's on Good Neighbor Talk, keep it here. WTNS AM AM, FM, FM Online